Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. This is Josh. I'm Andrew LaPointe. Lies. <laughs> I'm Lita Marp. <laughs> and we are here for the week starting Friday, June 23rd, 2017 at the Mayfair Theatre. But before we talk about anything Mayfair related, I just want to jump right in and talk about Star Wars. Well, I was about to tell you the elephant in the room is calling. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say to you, it looks like there's going to be another uh, 21 Jump Street movie coming yeah. along soon. <laughs> well, I said, I, I think they left... The Flash to go to Star yes, Wars, yes. and The Flash has since lost two or three directors, so I'm like, oh, maybe they'll just go back there. Yeah. I found the news of Miller and Lord being canned really upsetting in this modern social media age we're in, because ever so slightly, the Mayfair has interacted with them mm-hmm. a couple times when we've yeah. said something nice about Clone High or something nice about them. They've said something nice back or, or kind of commented on it. So I have this weird association of like, oh, those poor boys, and, yeah. and that they've like right up to them being fired in very recent days they were publishing on twitter these really adorable shots one is them from like 40 years ago watching star wars together when they were like five or six years old yeah and they they (laughs) sent a thing like the the event you went to the star wars celebration they put out this press release saying sorry we can't be there guys we're looking so forward to you seeing this movie you're gonna love it and now they're fired (laughs) i was shocked actually i was i found out via uh, Skype? No, uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. Really? Wow. <laughs> I was going through my Snapchat chat snaps and and saw it. Maybe you know what? Maybe it was Instagram because they all work the same now. Yeah. And uh, Star Wars Daily, I think, posted the uh, the Lucas announcement, the Lucasfilm announcement. Right. They have, and and I read it and I thought it was funny. I'm like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't believe it, and and then I turned my phone off and I'm like, I had to pull over. To <laughs> Start crying. I was with my daughter. I was like, wait a minute. I guess <laughs> let, let me check the, the real news. That's amazing. And I went to IMDb. I'm like, holy shit! I lost my mind. And, She's like, Dad, I got to get to school. <laughs> yeah, she had she had a nice dress on. She was getting <laughs> it was athletic uh, athletic awards day at school. She so was really excited the best about that, story. and I was. Totally dwelling on the fact that something happened in regards to Star Wars that has never happened on a big Hollywood yeah. movie before. Like this is the word unprecedented. Well, and aren't they like is, is, is four months here. into five months of shooting There's or something? Three weeks left. There's three That's... weeks left of, 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 of principal photography. And the movie comes out in May. I don't understand. Like, couldn't they have just let them finish directing and then taken, taken away the reins in editing from them? I, I don't understand. And, and all the actors love them. Everything was going well, it seemed. I've like, been following this movie closely for a long time, even right. before they started shooting, yeah. even before they were announced as filmmakers. And the one thing I kept hearing over and over again from Douglas Chang to Anthony Daniels, that the best script ever written for a Star Wars film is what Lawrence Kasdan and his son did for this Han Solo movie. Right. It's an incredible script, apparently. They just finished Force Awakens, right? which turned out great, and went right into this script and knocked it out of the park, apparently. And that's one thing these two guys are doing. The director yes. of 21 Jump Street now, not Lego Movie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that they butted heads with Lawrence and his son, and right. treating them like shit on set. Right. Um, so Kathleen Kennedy had enough of that. You know, look at the look at the hit they brought Lucas. They saved well, Luke can't Lawrence Kansen anyway, and with the with the uh, the directorial wizardry of J.J. Abrams. I'm trying to be funny. Save Star Wars, right? Yeah. Everyone before the Force Awakens was hating on Star Wars for since 1999, since the day the Phantom Menace premiered. Yeah. Everyone's been hating on Star Wars, and Force Awakens fixed the problem. Yeah. And um, it seems like Lucasfilm is not going to take any risks for a while. 
they're gonna you know they're gonna keep this problem fixed for for a while, and they're not gonna let these two young kids fuck it up. I guess it's just crazy that it went this long though. I know, I know, I know. It's and insane. and two guys with with a very good track record yeah. behind them. Yeah, and I think it sounds like I bet you Kathleen Kennedy didn't sleep after making this announcement. Yeah, uh, she's I I love her and I love the fact. No, that, I, I and I hate producers usually, right? But yeah. I love her. And I love her involvement with Star Wars. I think in the end, the, the mistake was hiring them in the first place. Right. And maybe, you know, there's, they're comparing this to what happened to Gareth Edwards. But I mean, reshoots, they scheduled reshoots in all the Star Wars films. Gareth Edwards, I thought, directed the hell out of Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite Star Wars film, but he directed the hell out of it. And I was looking forward to this film because Lego Movie is stellar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't oh, be, yeah. but it's so good. Exactly. But maybe, you know, maybe they were trying to make it too funny. I thought maybe they were going to try to, like, I, but I don't like 21 Jump Street, and I didn't want that kind of stuff. Stylistic, but I thought no, they're not going to make that kind of movie. Neil Scanlon's work on this film looks again out of this world. I just hope the cast. You know, my biggest concern now is is the cast going to be able to adapt to this? Is the cast going to be able to jump on board with Ron Howard or whoever steps at the plate? Yeah, and 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 see it, and see everything happening against the original vision from what they agreed to be a part of, which is from these two directors. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. No, I just like how is Woody Harrelson going to be able to say, "Okay, boss." Yeah, and, and well, and I thought it. that too from a human point of view where and, – and again, because of this world we live in, I've seen stuff from the actors and mm. stuff from the directors. Like, unless it was all lies, which I don't think it was, they were all pals. They were having a good yeah. time. Yeah. They, they were making this movie, very proud of this movie. So I just speculate, like, what if now the actors are like, oh, well, you just fired our friends. Yeah. With three weeks to go. Like, but who knows? Maybe the actors are all in the same – Board, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they weren't having a good time either. I mean, if I just can't imagine anyone treating Lawrence Kasdan like shit. Although, and, and there was also a rumor that if Ron Howard's at the top of the heat right. to direct this film to finish it, yeah, uh, and, and Lawrence Kasdan's up on the list too. And I'm like, oh no, have, do you remember? Did we yeah. sh- we didn't show his last film here, but we showed it at the Mayfair Theater, Orleans. Deadly Companions, it was like a dog movie, right? Diane Keaton loses Lassie, yeah, with Collie, yeah, and, and with Kevin Klein, it's terrible, right? And when they announced him to write, write the Force Awakens. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But he did a good job. He's a good writer. Well, especially Ron Howard. He hasn't had a great track record of late. No. But like, what fits is that he starred in George Lucas's first hit. He's the star yeah. of American Graffiti. And he directed Willow, Willow yes. which I finally now liked. It was the first time I ever liked in my life recently. Yeah. So he, it fits. But, yeah, I would rather. You know, I was I keep waiting for them to say, oh, Gareth Edwards is going to come on board. But yeah. his stylistic is totally different, I think, what they were doing. I think the perfect person to direct this film would be uh, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni yeah. should just come in and do what he does with Rebels and yeah. Clone Wars. He's the top of the list for, for me in terms of directing a live-action Star Wars movie. Dave Filoni's, the, the Citizen Kane of Star Wars movies is yet to be made as yeah. soon as they let Dave Filoni direct. But what will even like the Directors Guild credit be? Will it be directed by Lord and Miller? Like, and I always get it mixed up when it's writing. Like It's, mm-hmm. it's an ampersand, or, is, or it's like A-N-D if you're friends and the other if you're not, whatever. Will it be like... Miller and Lord, A N D, Ron Howard. Right. I would. I, this is what I keep thinking. I don't know if you watch the Star Wars show. No. There's a lot of love at Star Wars. Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm seems like it's like working for Apple. They all love each other. Right. It's all like family. Uh, it's not. It, it, people do forget that the Star Wars films are independently made movies. Yes. They're just released by Disney. So I, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that 
they're going to bring these guys back in somehow when coming to time to promotion. Yeah. They're not going to be able to promote this movie with these guys running around saying, you know, Kathy Kennedy sucks yeah. and Disney sucks. They're going to involve them maybe. In, and they've been very good. Like, there's been yeah. no negativity yeah. on their side. Yeah, from either side. You know, Disney yeah, or so. Lucasfilm or her. I just uh, can't believe them. that with three weeks left, they couldn't just be like, okay, even if they didn't like, like, let these dummies finish it. Finish it and then we'll do reshoots. Yeah, I don't... But that's money. That's millions yeah. and hundreds of millions of dollars. Of, you know, the, the, that amount of reshoots. It, it's Disney... The Disney probably stepped in at that point. It's like, okay, guys, you don't have... You, you yeah. don't have... Uh, money doesn't grow on trees here. But anyway, I keep thinking that they're going to involve them again c- come yeah. post-production or promotion, get them on board, credit everyone. Yeah, and uh, and get it out as a happy family. And what, what I think it's it's a very interesting thing. That's not just Star Wars. It's it's the the Marvel movies. It's Harry Potter. It's even mm-hmm. stuff like Twilight, where movies. I don't know who gets first credit because of uh, for this are skewing more towards what TV production is. Like when Joss Whedon was the executive producer of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's a term that is doesn't even exist in films called showrunner. Yeah. So he didn't direct and write every episode, but every script would go through him, and he'd change a couple lines. Right. He would sit down on the editing, whereas traditionally in a movie, like that A Film By credit, mm-hmm. I think, is really going by the wayside. And, it, and, and the argument is there very much that film is a, is a team game. I've never even really liked the Film By credit a lot because it's... You know the cinematographer, the everything. Yes. So, yes. but it's very interesting that now with the Marvel movies, with Star Wars, a lot of them, and you can say the same thing about you know the Planet of the Apes movies back in the day. Mm-hmm. People don't know the director when people were going to see Planet of the Apes yeah. Part Three. They were going to see it because they like Planet yeah. of the Apes. They're, it's a producer's series. Yeah, and it's, it's the same so with James Bond. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and you, these two directors, if they thought they could go on set and make the Star Wars film they wanted to, yeah, you know, you, you, I, I don't think they they might not have thought this, but there's a story group at Lucasfilm. There's a there's a giant there's a giant entity a staff, yeah. who's there to make sure everyone's script is falling within the, the Star Wars universe and, and works within a, a larger yeah uh, world. And if there's one thing off, you can't do you can't do that. And I think that'll change canon. Yeah, because. Like, these guys, both with Lego Movie and 21 Jump Street, mm-hmm. and, like, their TV show, Last Man on Earth, it's a lot of... There's a lot of drama in those, but it's comedic, and it's a lot of improv, mm-hmm. and, like, 21 Jump Street, they, there was a script, for sure. Like, he, like, whenever people say an improv movie, it's not like you just show up and go, hey, let's do it. Yeah. But you could see where, in 21 Jump Street, one of the actors would improv a line. And I think, from what I've read, and it's so hard to say, this, yeah. this young point of this news story... If they were changing lines and Lawrence Kasdan's like, that's my script. Yeah, yeah. And no, no one's going to fuck with Lawrence Kasdan right now. But if it was, <laughs> say, like a Scorsese movie, yeah. he could change whatever he wants. So it's, it's very interesting. It's a very that's interesting. That's probably what happened. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think Kathleen Kennedy was defending uh, what Lawrence Kasdan did. What yeah. he gave them. He, he, Lawrence Kasdan gave Lucasfilm Star Wars back. Yeah. You know, right? Everyone hated those prequels. No one wanted. No one thought the, the, the Force Awakens would be the biggest dom- domestic box office release ever. Yeah. You know, he gave Star Wars back to the fans and to Lucasfilm, and so Kathleen Kennedy. I, I have a feeling Steven Spielberg was in her ear because right. Steven Spielberg convinced Michael Bay to fire Shia LaBeouf from Transformers and Mega Fox. Right. He was the one who said to Michael Bay, "Fire them." Yeah. And Kathleen Kennedy has been. You know, Steven Spielberg's producer since Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, like and her first job was a production assistant for 
for Amblin for Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I imagine in back in the back, you know, Steven Spielberg. I think has a lot of say here, although he's not credited at all. I can picture him pushing her for that. And you know what? I can't think. I, I keep thinking, is this worse than when Harrison Ford broke his leg on the set of Force Awakens? Right. You know, it shut down production, and they thought they couldn't get their December date, and Disney said, you have to release this movie in December. Now they're saying, now, you have to release this yeah. next May. Is this a bigger setback? You know, it's going to get the movie back on track. Yeah. I trust Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm more than I've trusted any other production in-house. Yeah. Uh, because usually, you know, if you like movies enough, the filmmakers are the hero, and the producers are the enemy. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you go back to Sam Peckinpah's days. But this time, I don't know, it feels different. It seems like Lucasfilm and Kathy Kennedy are trying harder to make good movies rather than just making money. Yeah, and it'll change the way... I think now that two out of three, four movies, they've fired a director or directors. Yeah, that's right. I think that's Fantastic good. Four director. Yeah, that's yeah. going to make them kind of double think and be <laughs> like... We Do gotta, I really want to go work for Kathleen Kennedy? Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. going to fire me three weeks out, or just you know, or the director's going to walk in eggshells, or maybe the mistake is just right now hiring young directors because young directors want to come in and do their own yeah. thing. They don't have directors cut. Yeah, that's why they're getting hired. You know, do you want to? You want me? You know, you did a good job with Force Awakens. Everyone's in love with Star Wars again. Make a few more of those before you bring in these young filmmakers. And that's the new thing too: is is hiring television style. Where I can't even remember the the fella's name, but the guy who directed Thor two which was a big yeah. financial hit, was a Game of Thrones director. So they got him from TV. Yes. And Patty Jenkins directing Wonder Woman, she had done film, but had done That's, a lot of TV the last few years. Yes, yeah. hasn't done anything since Monster. Yeah, so they're really going almost that TV route. And even like when Harry Potter was in full swing, it would be, or like the Marvel movies, anything now, it's you have somebody shooting part two of something while part three is being directed by somebody yeah. else because they're producing it TV style just to get it out there fast. Yeah. So it's 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 very it's not necessarily going to make bad movies because it's you still got a lot of talent behind it, but it's just very different. It's very different yeah. than that auteur theory or, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, when it comes to Lucasfilm, the glass is always half full for me. Yes, <laughs> especially yes. with the production. I, you know, like Rogue One was before that came out. People were like, you know, because of the reshoots. Exactly. Yeah. Which all the films had reshoots, but for some reason, because of social media, it was a big deal. Yeah. But that turned out all right. Yeah. <laughs> People think what... reshoots means something screwed up when yeah. when really it's just. Somebody, it was actually it was Lucas back in the day. The prequels. I remember that they were like, "No, it's it's additional photography. It's yeah. additional. We look at it. We say, oh, let's do a little bit more here, a little bit more there.' It's yeah. almost like you pretend it's a book. You'll write. They're trying harder than most stu- other studios trying to make a good movie, trying to make the best film they can. Yeah. And I think they really feel like they need to after the success of Force Awakens. Yeah. I think they really feel the need to do that every time they're every time they're at the gate. I think I think the whole Disney branch. If you look at, there's always missteps but if you look at Pixar you look at Marvel you look at kind of Disney Prime like the Moana type films they're really trying whereas you look at other franchises like Transformers and it's just like no let's make a lot of explosions and slow motion and make a billion dollars so yeah I do trust Disney that in spite of them being this big evil empire that they really do care about the quality unfortunately it meant that they are hiring cool independent filmmakers and they're they're not the only ones because like the guy who directed King Kong the movie before he did Kong was a little independent film. Yeah. So that's really the trend now. and It's because they don't have director's cut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So whoever comes in next is going to be... And I think that's the guy who came in after Edgar Wright on Ant-Man. Edgar Wright would be good to direct the Oh, my God. Movie. But I think he might You're be... Given a whole Star Wars movie. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. don't finish someone else's job. Yeah. He should get his own film. Because when Edgar Wright left Ant-Man, a lot of people were panicking about that. Put aside whether you like the film or not, it still made a bunch of money. That's all yeah. they care about. 
And that director who replaced Edgar Wright is now going to be directing the second Ant-Man. And, I, and somebody pointed out it's nothing new. Like, there's some big classic films. I might be getting this wrong, but like Wizard of Oz or Gone with the Wind, where Gone with the Wind, there directors were directors, switched. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's nothing new, but it's just... And Victor Fleming was on set last, so he got the credit. Right. So yeah. that might not happen with Star Wars. Victor Fleming directed a tenth of Gone with the Wind, but he was on set last, so yeah. he got the credit. He also did Wizard of Oz that same year. So, yeah, maybe whoever's on set here, Ron... I just... I think it's going to be weird. I, get, I don't know. I can't... Th- it's going to be weird when it's... Ron Howard hasn't been announced, so maybe we shouldn't even speculate. Right. Uh, I hope they pick... I, oh, fuck. Dave Filoni would be perfect. <laughs> Dave Filoni would be great. Yeah. You know, then I wouldn't have... To, then I could sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> Man, oh, yeah. That's great that you... Pulled over in a panic. <laughs> well, I didn't believe it, and then it just stayed in my head. I'm like, well, that was really funny. Yeah. Because things like that don't happen. So while I'm thinking <laughs> of it, uh, let's talk about the little film festival package you booked coming up. Jallo. After, so we got Jallo oh, coming up. We talked about that. We talked about that last time. Stray Cat Rock. Stray Cat Rocks. It's it's. I've been so busy. This isn't even on like Twitter and Facebook yet. It will be yeah. in the next day or two. It's five films in a series, kind of. But you said you can just watch part three and it'll be fine. It's an all-female biker gang series of Japanese called Classics. Really stylish, really sexy, really violent, really badass and cool. Exactly the perfect fit for the Mayfair. And I thought what... It, it seemed like a, a good time to do it because it's five films and there just happens to be five weekends in September. Right. We get the students back. Yeah. You know, hopefully attract some of those kids who's never been in the Mayfair for it. It's, yeah, they're films that I thought would never come down the pipe for us. That most of the, I think four of the five films are never released in North America. I never heard of them before. Yeah. American uh, Film Archive has found prints. They digitally uh, scanned them, the 2K. Uh, so they're going to look really nice on the big screen here. Is yeah, it? it's, it's, you know, they're cool. It's the star of the, um, the, the Alley Cats is the name of the female biker gang in Stray Cats. And the, the woman, the leader of the gang, Mako, is played by the woman from the female Scorpion movies, which we showed one of them here at Saturday Night Cinema recently. Okay. And it went over so well. The guy I was sitting beside turned to me and said, that was the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> She's also Lady Snowblood. She's a very attractive young Japanese actress. Maybe not so much anymore, but... When did these movies come out? 19, between 1970 and 1972. Holy hell, five movies came out in between 1970 and 1972. <laughs> That's how the Japanese That's roll. how they do it, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani was talking about his new movie that we have a poster up for in the candy bar right now that we might get. The uh, the story about he and his wife meeting and Ray Romano plays his dad. Yeah, I just trying to get the buy count first. Yeah, and he was saying that they he got a Bollywood actor to play his father. Yeah. And he basically asked his father, he said, who do you want to play? You. And, he, and his dad said, this guy. And he said, we're never going to get this guy. And they got him. So they got him. It was a big honor, you know, this big Bollywood star. And then he said they finished, and he's in, like, post-production, and he's starting to do stuff. And he noticed this guy sent out a tweet or whatever saying, and he said the film he did by happiness was his 500th film, this, oh. this American film, his 500th wow. film. And he said this thing like, oh, just finished my 512th film. So by the time Kumail got to the editing stages of his movie, this other guy had done another dozen well, movies yeah. over in Bollywood. What a horror. He's like a pride porno star. Yeah, well, that's what they, they do, you know, a couple a month. And I guess same with this. Like, this, this film was five in two years. Yeah. That's amazing. This is a, a, it's an example of as much as we love film, this world we live in of digital is really letting these crazy treasures pop up. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's happening right now is all the print collectors are taking their prints. You know, there wasn't a lot in North America. For, for as far as I know, private print collectors who was actually sharing the prints. A lot of these guys, maybe six, Mayfair included. Yes, yes. All these prints have now come together in a way. Yeah. You know, the, the American Film Archive collected all the Something Weird video library, which right. is amazing. That's an amazing library. Yeah. And they're just sort of going through everything and scanning them and getting them out there and making them available. And it's a great time to be a film lover. Yeah. And, and what I love most about these kind of movies is, is even if they're not what you might consider highbrow cinema classics, just seeing them on the big screen yeah. is so much fun. They, you know, okay, say, okay, they, we would, these prints have always existed, but we would never have been able to afford oh, exactly. to ship five 35-millimeter prints in the United States. That would cost over $1,000 just to get it to, right. to Ottawa and another $1,000 to send it back, yeah. you know, nearly that much, five really heavy, like shipping five dead bodies across yes. the border. <laughs> you know, now they're scanned in 2K. They're going to look like we're projecting film. Yeah. You can see the film grain. You can see the, the, the details and all the faults, and it all comes on one DCP. The, the, yeah. The, the American Film Archive, they're, they're smart. They're kind of reinventing the wheel a little bit. You know, any other studio would make five DCPs available, five separate ones. Right. They're all together in one. Uh, yeah. So it's so attractive, the show. Yeah. It's almost like they're begging us to get these things in the screen and I hope I, you know I hope our audience feels you know rewarded I mean I mean geez it sounded I'm not trying to it wouldn't sound like we're doing anyone's favor yeah. but if I had nothing to do with the Mayfair I'd, I'd be stunned yes. that this is coming and the good news is I think the last couple of times we've done this kind of thing people have shown up yes well Saturday Night Cinema is getting really busy now I mean, it's a slow time of the year, but we're getting good crowds, and it's a good opportunity to promote yeah. weird and wild things coming. Hopefully, in a way, it's planting seeds for everyone to look at the, our programming and say, huh, Jallo film, I'm going to go see that. <gasps> Girl yeah. biker movies yeah, from Japan, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go see that. And even Tarkovsky, which is on tonight, yeah. Solaris, and next week is uh, Stalker. That's highbrow stuff. I, in a way, you know, the biker gang movies from Japan are too. It's like, oh yeah, if you love movies, like I always tell tell people, my kids this, uh, you know, yeah, if you really love music, if music's your passion, you don't listen to FM radio. No, <laughs> <laughs> you get your own stuff that defines you, and, and you fall in love with it, and you let it express you. You, you, you express yourself through music, and if you really love movies. You don't go to Cineplex. You don't no. go. You, you watch things like the the Stray Cat Rock series, and you watch the Jallo movies, and you love them, and that's your highbrow stuff. That, that, yeah. that in a way, this trash cinema has become that. And that's that's what I always take pride in. Is I know that if Edgar Wright was swinging through town, he wouldn't go see a movie at a Multiplex. He'd come here to the Mayfair and love it. You know, he would come here to see a biker gang yeah. movie, or he would come here to see Stalker. <laughs> he would be dying to come to a theater like this. So Yeah, the last time I was in Los Angeles, not the last time, but maybe the second last time, he was presenting uh, Hot Fuzz, I think, at the New Art. So okay, yeah. And he was there introducing, and, and uh, yeah, he seems to be, he seems to like these little movie theaters. Yeah, well, when we screened Scott Pilgrim years ago, he actually, a friend of a friend said, I, I happen to be working on a film, and they said, oh, does Edgar know about you guys screening this movie? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he goes, Look him up on social media because he loves repertory theaters. Yeah. So I did, and within like five minutes, he emailed me back and was like, "Hey, what can I do to help?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, if you just spread the, if you just you know tell yeah. your social media, that'd be great. Or if you want to send us a quick message." And 
he sent a quick little message welcoming people to the theater and I read it to everybody and it was really fun. <laughs> and so he's, and you, you see someone like that and you're like, yeah, he's one of us. He's, I gotta watch that movie again. Do you have that movie on Blu-ray? Yes. I gotta watch I got them all. That. I gotta watch that one again because uh, I think that's the one film the kids haven't seen. Okay. And then Baby Driver's coming out and uh, it's time to get excited. Oh, I can't wait to get Baby Driver. Yeah. People ask about stuff like that. When are you guys getting Baby Driver? I'm like, well, if we're Edgar, getting Baby Driver as soon as we can get Baby Driver. We if promise. Edgar Wright was a distributor, we were preparing yes. it, but he's not. Yeah. He made this movie for a larger entity. Yeah. But yeah. I remember we got, sadly, because Scott Pilgrim flopped, we got it pretty fast. And it was a good example of stuff flopping elsewhere that people still like here. Because mm-hmm. when we screened Scott Pilgrim, it was whatever, you know, three, four months after it came out. Yeah. And it was packed. It was packed in here. And we showed it on like a Wednesday, Thursday night. And two nights in a row, we had very good crowds and yeah. very excited audience. So it's it's it was like glass half empty, glass full for Edgar. Like bad yeah. news, your movie flopped, but good news is everyone really loved it here. So, yeah. but um, but yeah, so we, that can get us on track. Speaking of Saturday Night Cinema, so that's this Saturday, June twenty fourth. There will be a Saturday Night Cinema. I was gonna, I was looking forward to the show because mm-hmm. I thought I knew what I was gonna show. Last Saturday night, last Saturday Night Cinema, I got up in front of everyone and said because I was sitting beside this guy, this dude who said it was the uh, female Scorpion movie. Right. He said that was the best movie I've ever seen. I jokingly said to him, you know, I have this movie at home, this deprived, sick movie. Yeah. That I maybe will show in, at the end of June. So at the end of May. I said, okay, I think I'm going to do this movie. If you're easily upset or offended by things, just stay home. <laughs> don't come. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but now I put it on, and it was just, I don't know. I, I don't think I have the balls to show it. Not, not that I don't have the balls. I just yeah. It wasn't as entertaining as I remember seeing it in the 90s. Right. So uh, I, I was looking forward to the show to tell people, don't come Saturday cinema this yeah. Saturday, because it's this really depraved film. But at this point right now, I don't think I'm going to show I think I'm going to swap it out. Right. Something really entertaining. Something, you know, something uh, that you'll remember forever seeing at the big screen at right. the Mayfair. That's what it's all about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. So you, I'm trying to give bragging rights to people. I saw that on the big screen at the Mayfair. Yeah. So I have something like, like that, but uh, it might not be that deprived. Right. <laughs> sicko movie I was thinking of. And that is preceded, I don't know, 12 hours before by Saturday morning oh, cartoons. Right. Crazy yeah. day. I'm sadly going to miss it. I'm busy elsewhere, but it's so three hours of cartoons. Who's going to be here for that? Anya's here. I don't know. Gang. Christy's here, actually, I think, doing Candy Bar for it, too. So it's just I, I double-booked myself. So, But that's always fun. I love the Saturday morning cartoons. I always get a great crowd. So it's going to be one of those days where it's going to be hopefully bookended by really cool crowds coming to see cartoons or a... Do you have breakfast cereal? Yeah. We, I'm, I'm going to... Actually... I went to, to Walmart the other day, and they betrayed me. They were, like, very low on all the good cereal. Oh. But I grabbed, like, 20 boxes from them. I grabbed 10 boxes from our neighbors at Shoppers before. Yeah. So I'm going to go today and grab another, like, 30 boxes from Loblaws, and that'll give us enough. So, yeah. But you go in and you buy 30 boxes of cereal, 50 boxes of cereal, nothing. Nobody blinks. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? You don't think this is weird? This is like... I'm pretty sure you can just wheel at the front door with that stuff. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They, all, they pay their uh, staff so low, no one seems interested working there. Yeah, you just walk out. <laughs> so, yeah, so a, a, a Saturday morning and late, late night fun Mayfair times there on the 24th. We are bringing Maudie back after a little bit of a break. Maudie, which for about a month was like our ET. So we're bringing that back for a, I think it's its fifth week, but it had a little gap in between. So people who missed out on that can come see the uh, the Canadian blockbuster that is Maudie. Mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest Canadian movie now. Of or, the year? Of the year. Uh, or if not ever. It, 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 well, did you read that somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, really? yeah. 
Made more money than Porky's? I think so. But that, that might have been without, like, inflation. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, it did very well. We briefly mentioned Stalker is playing this Wednesday, Thursday night. This week we played Solaris. Stalker is the one to see because Stalker is the one that they went back and restored. Right. Uh, Solaris looked great on the screen last night. Mm-hmm. Big cinemascope movie looked beautiful. But that trailer for Stalker looks like it was shot yesterday. Great. And that's and that's another big, epic, three-hour Russian mm. film. And a, an example of something you haven't gotten to see on the big screen yeah. in a long time. Yeah. And then we have Tana, which was a Best Foreign Language Best Picture nominee. It is from... It has two different countries on it, but it's like it's Australian slash somewhere else. That somewhere else country where the movie is set is... That's the language they speak, and that's, I guess, essentially where it's from. Or at least where they shot it, and that's the language it's in. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to dare try to pronounce it. It's essentially NY. It's like Naikotatsi or something. And it's a, I believe, a romantic drama? With hula skirts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's almost like a Romeo and Juliet. After a young woman runs away with the man she loves to avoid an arranged marriage. So it's kind of like a star-crossed lovers kind of a film that won a bunch of awards and was up for Oscar for Best Foreign Language. And then what am I forgetting? Oh, My Cousin Rachel, which is confusing because Rachel Weiss is in it, but it's not a documentary about Rachel (laughs) Weiss. And it is a um, kind of a dark period piece, I guess, about a, a bit of a murder mystery to it where somebody thinks she has she has killed her husband and his cousin comes to investigate and then falls under the charismatic feminine wiles of Rachel Weiss. Yes, a woman in a veil goes a long way. Yeah, so that's a kind of a period piece of drama this week. And then the last one... Oh, sorry, The Circle is back for a couple more screenings. The Tom Hanks playing evil Steve Jobs kind of a film, <laughs> and which, which I said reminded me of, a, of a, like a mid-'90s, the net, internet is evil, and gonna get you kind of movie. And then Alien Covenant we have for a few nights, starting on Friday the 23rd. It is, man, the, well, depending on your point of view, the fifth Alien film, or the seventh if you throw yeah. in the Alien versus Predator movies. Yeah, yeah, or the eighth if you throw in Mac and Me. Yes, which is, yeah, that's in, <laughs> that's in continuity. And Alien Covenant is another example of, which is happening more and more now. Have you seen it yet? No, so I'm glad we got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come see it uh, next Tuesday. Of a director coming back to something after a long break, which well, is ha- he, he Prometheus, did Prometheus, yeah. but if if he, if he lumped this in with Prometheus, right. he had oh. not done an alien film since seventy right. eight or whatever. Then the same filmmaker, though he's not directing it, is coming back to Blade Runner, and then you have stuff like on TV, like Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi coming back to Evil Dead, uh, Harrison Ford probably doing another Indiana Jones, I think. So it's Harrison, really interesting these giant gaps. Yeah, Harrison Ford is in the new featurette. For Blade Runner, okay, too. Yeah. He says in, in the interview, he says, "I'm getting, uh, I'm making a lot of money right now, putting on old jackets." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don Solo, Indiana Jones, and now Deckard. I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't know if he's going to go back to the Mosquito Coast. Yeah, they'll be, yeah, <laughs> or the Amish community. Sabrina, there'll Wit- be a new Sabrina movie. <laughs> Witness two. What was the first film that did this? Was it was it Tron? Like a franchise that went away for. A really long time. I think King of the Crystal Skull is before. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, it was yeah. And and for a slightly more non-genre film, there was Chinatown and the Two Jakes comes to mind as something that there was a twenty-year gap between. I saw the Two Jakes at the Gloucester Center. And and there's Bad News Bears, the remake of Bad News Bears. Yeah, but that's not in in like continuity with. Oh, it's a remake, right? Yeah, I'm thinking of stuff like in in canon with. 
Right. Well, Quentin Tarantino wanted to do a Bad News Bears movie at one point. He was toying, oh, yeah. joking with the idea of Bad News Bears go to jail or something, but he would never, I guess. Or, or Trainspotting. Trainspotting 2. That was another yeah. example of something that waited 20 years. Waited Twin Peaks on TV right now. Yeah. It's very interesting that nostalgia we... and filmmakers coming back to a project. What's, the, what, what's left to remake 30 years from now? What are we going to... Well, that's what I'm very curious about, of not to, rib? not to throw all the remakes and sequels under a bus, because I like a whole bunch of them, or stuff that isn't necessarily truly original, but like Guardians of the Galaxy based on a comic book I still really loved. And, and sequels are nothing new. Like, James Bond was a franchise. Planet of the Apes was a franchise. Abbott and Costello was kind of a franchise. But nowadays, like, there's not... Jeez, I don't know. Like, The Matrix? What was the last, like... Original. Original, original. Pacific Rim, but it wasn't a huge hit, although they're making a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, true, Pacific Rim was original. Mad yeah. Max Fury Road was away for a long time. And came yeah. Back. I met somebody recently who hadn't Baby seen... Baby Driver, hopefully. Will Baby Driver, yeah. Who hadn't seen any of the original Mad Maxes, which is probably a lot of people. So their first Mad Max yeah. is... Fury Road. Fury Road. And I was like, wow, if you go back and watch the first one, it might hinder it, because the first one yeah. is Mel Gibson driving around in a car and doesn't have giant car chases and... When I was a kid, I was thought it was boring because of how big Road Warrior was. But Exactly, yeah. yeah. And a lot of lot of kids going back, even in watching Star Wars: A New Hope, I've heard that where it's just it's so it's forty uh, years old, you know, it, it's so different. That, yeah, just the haircuts; they can sense the haircuts. I'd kick a kid if he said that. <laughs> yeah. when, when Max admits to you, <laughs> yeah. No, my son's favorite movie right now. He told me is The Great Escape. Oh, cool! That's his favorite film. Did you tell Max that I thought he was the kid in the no, uh, I, I haven't, Zodiac Killer trailer? That email still in my <laughs> inbox because I want to show him that trailer. I just It's been a busy week. I haven't been yeah. with my kids a lot. I saw the Zodiac Killer trailer in front of whatever I saw here last. And uh, City of Tiny Lights, probably. And this kid comes up on screen right at the end and he says some tagline. And he's just, you know, he's like a... A little kid with dark hair, and I was like, wow, that looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show it to him. When I was a kid, everyone thought I looked like the kid from The Black Stallion. Oh, yeah. Like, strangers would come up to, me and or to my mom, you look, your son looks just like that kid. from." Because back then, everyone went to see Black Stallion. Now, now no one knows the movie. You I love to, that movie. You can go to one of those like, D-grade autograph conventions with a picture of yourself as a kid and be yeah. like, from The Black Stallion. <laughs> Autographs, $10. That might make a good little kid's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a nice new digital restoration of that. That'd be cool, yeah. yeah. I was just trying we to show, Remember, we showed a print eight, like eight years ago here. Yeah. And I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that was... Yeah, the air, like the era of kids' movies back then, even just a couple of the stuff that we've screened, mm-hmm. whether it be something like Dark Crystal or Bad News Bears from the 70s or the 80s, like, wow, kids' movies were different at one point. Even Uncle Buck, which you just screened, which got a half-decent crowd, and the crowd applauded at the end. Everyone was laughing, had a good time. But there, it's like a PG film. It was like, wow, there's a lot of swearing in this movie. <laughs> there's a lot of swearing in this PG film yes. from 1988 or whatever it is. After Solaris last night, it's, it movie ends... The credits start, and some woman started laughing. <laughs> and uh, so I started clapping just to shut her up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone started clapping. <laughs> yeah, people will clap if you just lead them into it. If not, yeah. they're too shy. <laughs> it's almost like a test. Do it yeah. after, like, every film. Uh, okay, so that's about it for this week. I think we managed to touch base on everything we're playing. And we'll have more news on the awesome film festivals we continue to get, thanks to AGFA. <laughs> and, yeah. uh Stay tuned for that. I'll have posters up soon on the internets for the next film festival. Go visit our friends at House of Tiger across the street. Stay tuned to our Twitter and Facebook and website for all current 
news. Anytime you have a question of, are you going to get this movie? The answer is always, we don't know. But uh, <laughs> look at our website. We'll tell you as soon as we know. And uh, we'll see you next time you come visit. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon. Ciao. This is Dr. Zero, her loving husband, Cornelius, and little Milo. The most dangerous to man is little Milo. Why? The time is 1973. The place is right here on Earth. How did they get here? What is their reception? Welcome, gentlemen, to the United States. Escape from the planet of the apes. Their adventures are completely fresh, completely new. Astonishingly different from what you experienced in Planet of the Apes and beneath the Planet of the Apes. At first, feared and imprisoned. We'll take the female first. Well, she seems to be pretty smart. All right, we'll go for the banana. Well, why doesn't she take it? Because I loathe bananas. I don't believe it. Zira, are you mad? Until we know who our friends are and who our enemies... And how in the name of God are we to know that unless we communicate? We can speak, so I spoke. The president convenes a special board of inquiry. Have you a name? Zira. Does the other one talk? Only when she lets me. <laughs> Embraced by our civilization, the nation gives them a hero's welcome. Address, please. The zoo. <laughs> what is it? Well, it's sort of uh, like grape juice plus. How is that? Very wet. It's certainly the most incredible story this reporter has ever covered. And you share the impact of every incredible moment. Must have been the shock. Shock my foot. I'm pregnant. The president's chief advisor wants them murdered, or else the human race cannot survive. The escape. The birth of an infant who could threaten man's very existence. You're the second human I've kissed. You are the first. The Relentless Chase. The Stunning Climax. Why was Washington thrown into a turmoil by this one baby? Stop him! Escape from the planet of the apes.